Hello, football fans. The Big D is back. We'll take it on the road to Frankfurt, Germany for a Dolphins Chiefs Part 1 preview. Before bringing Alice to talk about his Dolphins, Fins taking on Pat Mahomes, maybe Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. Please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. It is November. The weather's getting a little cool outside. Uh, but uh, football is just getting better and better. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for audio, audio listeners, Spotify, and Apple. So, uh, joining me, uh, the joining me, the Dirt Navisky of Miami Dolphin fans. That would be Alex. <laughs> I like the German connection there, Dylan. It confused me for a second there, but I like what you're putting together. Uh, yeah, no, can't wait. It's going to be a nice early uh, football Sunday. Very excited for it. Gives me a little bit of the rest of the day as well open too. But, you know, Dolphins, Chiefs. If you would have told me four or five years ago that uh, the Dolphins and Chiefs would be meeting at 6-2 and two apiece, uh, maybe the two best teams in the AFC, I would have called you a liar. So uh, very excited uh, to step into this game today or this weekend. Yeah, how about, how about a game in Frankfurt, Germany with Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Water, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, honestly, if this wasn't a, uh, a Frankfurt-Germany game, I know uh, Tyreek was very disappointed uh, to see that this game wouldn't be played at Arrowhead. But, um, you know, it's uh, nice to get the national spotlight, and international spotlight, I guess, if you will. And, uh, you know, not only give the, uh, the the great people of Germany a treat, uh, my heritage, uh Definitely uh, got some German blood in me, but, uh, you know, obviously NFL fans in America are going to be tuning in at 938 Eastern time as well, I am sure. Do you remember last year's Germany game? I'm sure it was Jacksonville because it seems like anytime they uh, play football in Europe, Jacksonville's a part of it. Uh, Seahawks-Bucks. Okay. I don't really remember, to be honest. Uh, Well, you should remember because – a goat was flagged for a tripping penalty in that game. That's right. Uh, the infamous Tom Brady tripping play. Can You can never forget it. And if it would have been the other football, not the NFL, but the football in Europe, he might have been given uh, something else. Uh, not a yellow, not the yellow flag, but maybe uh... a yellow card. I like that, Dylan. That's, uh, that's very clever. <laughs> yeah. Yellow flag, red flag, yellow card, red card. We'll figure it out one way or another. Yeah, Tom Brady, the first NFL player sent off from the game. Mike McDaniel is going to disagree with a call, and all of Germany is going to think someone got ejected. (laughs) So, um, I mean, it's not quite the halfway point now because 17 game season, but. I mean, through eight games, Dolphins six and two. I think I think Miami's leading the league in in everything from uh, points, yards, rushing yards, and uh, Tyree kill penalties. Uh, not penalties, but fines. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's been a great year. Uh, obviously, you know the Dolphins have been getting some slack in the media for uh, not being able to beat the big boys. Uh, taking the L's against uh, Buffalo and Philadelphia, but both games much closer than the total uh, than the final score ended up. And you know this is a great opportunity for them to uh, 
to, to change that narrative. And honestly, you know, it's something that doesn't bother me too much because the old Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins that I grew up watching for, for 26, 27 plus years, uh, they always lost to those bad teams. It was always the Dolphins pulling out some crazy win against the Patriots or, or beating some team that we shouldn't have beaten uh, to, to kind of ruin their playoffs chances. And then we'd go up against the lowly Texans or the lowly Browns and we'd, we'd blow a game we should win. So at the end of the day, if, uh, if you're a real Dolphins fan, you know that uh, the Dolphins have always struggled against the teams that they should beat. And uh, that's not the case this season, uh, obviously taking care of business against pretty much every other team other than the uh, the two uh, higher higher quality teams on our schedule so far this season. But uh, it's definitely going to be a good test. Obviously, you know, anytime you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, you know it's going to be a challenge. They are, uh, they've are they been the most dominant team in the NFL for the past couple of years, pretty much since Patrick has joined the league. Um, you know, the storylines write themselves. The Tyree Hill uh, story is obviously... Uh, I think the headliner there, but uh, it's going to be great to see what he can do against his former team, and uh, I'm sure he's happy to see a bunch of his friends and hopefully score a couple touchdowns on them. Uh, what's different about this Miami Dolphin team compared to other teams? Because there's something different about this team. Yeah, it might not. it's not just the speed, but there's something different about this Miami Dolphin team than the last few years. Yeah, I mean, it's really Mike McDaniel at the end of the day. Like, the speed is great. The speed is killer. Um, Tua has stepped into his own. But Mike McDaniel is the big key to that to that NFL team, uh, to that franchise. He he stepped in and not only is his uh, strategy and, and his game planning significantly more effective than anything we may have seen ever on the offensive side of the ball in the NFL, um, but his people skills. It's... I mean, you, you take a look at, at, at Tua as a quarterback and Tua as just a person back when Brian Flores was, was head coach of the, of the team. And, you know, Brian Flores and Tua, they obviously didn't get along. Everyone's seen the reports about how they were butting heads. And, and Flores said he would have rather drafted Mac Jones and just, you know, a bunch of, of just negativity around that franchise. From day one when Mike McDaniel stepped in, the energy in that locker room, the energy in that franchise has completely flipped uh, 180. And uh, the team believes in themselves. Uh, that's been Mike McDaniel's biggest thing from from what we've seen. And, and, you know, his interviews is just that he's a people guy. You know, he really wants to make sure that, especially with Tua, because, you know, Tua is a bit more of a humble guy. He's never going to be the guy to, to be bragging about his successes. And, and, and Mike McDaniel pulled some of that out of him. I've never seen more confidence. And I have into a tongue by low this season, and uh, the, really the entire the entirety of the team. Uh, they they built such a great culture there, and uh, obviously you know bringing in uh, Tyreek Hill and and you know drafting Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert having the resurgence that he's had. Uh, it, it's it's a it's an, a massively talented uh, roster, but none of that happens with Brian Flores as head coach. None of that happens with Cam Cameron as head coach. None of that happened. You know, it's Mike McDaniel is really the glue for that team and uh, I'm very excited to uh, have him as our head coach and honestly I'm, I'm ready to sign him to a 10-15 year deal I, I don't think I think whatever adjustments defenses can make he's just going to be one step ahead of them so to answer your question you know there's a lot of big pieces but what's different is uh you know Mike McDaniel and and one more point I know last season there was a couple question marks around him his time management was brutal in times the penalties were a big problem for the Dolphins last season. The step that Mike McDaniel has taken from year one as an NFL head coach to year two has been something that hasn't been talked about enough. 
Um, the Dolphins, of course, against uh, other than the uh, the Eagles, where we had a ten to nothing penalty disparity, we've been much more disciplined. There's been a lot less stupid penalties where we've been shooting ourselves in the foot. And uh, Mike McDaniel himself has grown, and uh, you know we're seeing we're seeing offensive creativity that I don't know if we've ever seen before in the NFL. Yeah, the one thing I've seen from Miami is that it doesn't matter what teams do, they double team Tyree Kill. Guess what? Raheem Mostert runs for 8,000 yards. Devon Aitchin brings off an 80-yard run when he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, whoever the third wide receiver is, whether it's uh, Berrios or Wilson. Berrios. Well, Cedric Wilson touched on last weekend. It was nice to see that. And – it's not like Miami's been, and it's not like Miami's been healthy this year on both sides of the ball. I mean, Miami played about three starting linemen against the Eagles, Eagles, and it seemed like the the Dolphins really miss Olmstead and Connor Williams in that game. They were big time offensive line issues against Philly. Now every team's gonna have issues against Philly's D line. Right, but when, when you're down a couple offensive linemen, it definitely doesn't help the case. And, and that offensive line got even more banged up, and we lost another uh, offensive lineman uh, last week. So it's, uh, you know, the, there's, you know, the, when it comes to injuries, the storyline has always been Tua, and uh, can he stay healthy? You know, is this jujitsu just, uh, you know, a, a bit of a storyline, or is it actually going to help him? It's obviously looked like it's helped him so far. Um, but the Dolphins have been injury or injured. I mean, we've we've we just had Javon Holland come out of concussion protocol, one of the most underrated players on that defense. Xavier Howard's been banged up throughout the year. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey just came back with a bang. Might might I mention uh, last weekend with that interception? Uh, Javon Achain, the rookie. I mean, rookie running back who just completely took the lead. But I mean, you could go on and on. There's been plenty of injuries. So. You know, obviously the focus is Tua and uh, making sure he stays healthy, which has happened so far. But, you know, we're going to be getting some players back and it's going to be exciting to uh, to really get some of those reinforcements. Uh, do we know who's playing this week? Uh, we know uh, Ramsey played last week. Uh, Holland should be out of concussion jail. Xavier uh, Howell looks like he should be ready to rumble. Is can. I think this is the week Olmsted can be activated off IR. Do you know if he's playing? I know he made the trip. Um, so all signs are pointing uh, towards a, a, a positive sign there. Uh, I haven't seen an update as far as practice availability from today, um, which you know I can look up shortly. I would, assume, I would assume Miami's done practicing. It is, after all, 12 uh, after midnight. Way, way past bedtime over there. Right. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen the uh, the active versus inactive uh, practice report from today. But uh, I, I know that Teron Armstead definitely made the trip. So uh, it's there's at least a chance. Um, going in – I mean, going into, into this game, uh, everyone knows this is a Tyreek Hill revenge game because Tyreek Hill was making plays with Pat Mahomes. I remember – one game against the Bucks, but Tyreek Hill caught like two hundred something yards of passes in one quarter. Well, he's not on the Chiefs anymore. <laughs> he's now cheating. He's not wait, not cheating. He's now the cheetah and the Miami cheetah. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, obviously everyone knows uh, the capabilities that Tyreek Hill has. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs know it very well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what their defensive coordinator puts together uh, to try and defend uh, Tyreek. There's really no defending him. It's just uh, trying to slow him down, which, you know. How would, uh, you, how would you defend Tyreek Hill? That's the thing is, is you really can't. I mean, you double. T I mean, you could defend him by by trying to double team him, or or you know, I, I know that what the uh, what the Patriots have, have have actually found some decent success doing against him is I think bringing in an extra safety. Uh, I think was the strategy that they were using, and and just you know d covering the deep ball uh, a little bit extra, and you know just making sure that because you can't play man against him it's i mean you play man against him and, and you're just absolutely toasted so just ask the charges about him right exactly so i mean i guess the only thing you can really do is just bring in an extra safety so that you can have extra help over the top but then he's just going to beat you uh, you know on those on those in routes over the middle and just run past you so you really can't stop him um it's just a matter of limiting him and uh you know really just taking away the space um, and, and if you do, it's just going to leave leave opportunity for the run game. Raheem Mostert has had, as I mentioned earlier, obviously career resurgence, the best year of his career. He's leading the NFL in touchdowns, um, and um, you know, obviously Jalen Waddle. So it's it's it, you can't really stop him. You have to kind of pick your poison and and you know give something up. And you know, obviously, uh, if you're a defense, you're hoping it's not the home run ball. But even if you try and avoid it, it's still going to happen. Here's how, here's how I would defend Tyreek Hill. You, 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 you. Your job is simple. Don't let Tyreek Hill beat you deep. Because guess what happened with New... I, I, I was watching Red Zone last week, and all of a sudden I'm like, two or three deep ball, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a Tyreek Hill touchdown. And I'm like, what a surprise that Tyreek Hill touchdown. That's the most surprising thing to happen today. But did you see later in that game? Did you see Jalen Waddle? Because the problem with that is, if you overcommit to Tyreek Hill, very later in that, or later in that very same football game, Jalen Waddle, because they put extra support on Tyreek Hill, was running across the middle of the field, wide open, and walked into the end zone. So, like I said, you know, you really can't, you can't win. You just got to try and slow it down. And I think what the Chiefs' mo is, uh, if, I, if I were the Chiefs. You just got to try and score more. Uh, you got to put all your energy uh, into your offense and, and hoping. I think, honestly, one of the bigger questions this weekend is how does Miami stop Travis Kelsey? Because – Good question. How? Good question. How does Miami stop Travis Kelsey this week? For one, you hope Taylor Swift's not there because Travis Kelsey's not the same guy without his lady friend. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the I'll give you the best answer, um, which unfortunately for Chiefs fans, that this isn't going to help you stop Tyree Kill. But in order to stop Travis Kelsey and, and in order to uh, to effectively limit him, uh, the best thing you can do is get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. If you can get Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable and you can make him get the ball out quick, that's how you limit Travis Kelsey. Because the second you let Patrick Mahomes create a play out of nothing, the second you let him get out of that pocket roll around and, and extend that play, that's when Travis Kelsey kills you. That's when he gets into those gaps and into those windows and uh, he slopes his coverage and, and he gets open. You got to have effective pass rush. You have to have an effective pass rush to make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable, to keep him contained so that he can't get outside of your tackles, outside of his tackles and extend the play. 
you got to make sure you tackle. Tackling is going to be, uh, I think, a, a major aspect. It's something that the Dolphins have gotten a lot better at this season. It's been a huge pain point for us in the past is, is, is stopping stopping plays but allowing the, ta- the, the, the tackle to be broken or not wrapping up or not finishing that tackle. And uh, what could have been a, a loss of yards or a two-yard play turns into a 5, 8, 10, 20, 50-yard play because you, you don't wrap up. So tackling and uh, getting significant pressure on the quarterback is, is definitely the best way you can tr- attempt to contain Travis Kelsey. I'll be honest with you, sometimes there's something you can do. One and one of our teams has already played Travis Kelsey, and literally every time, every time that the team that will not be named has faced Travis Kelsey, he's either given like 15 balls for 190 yards and or multiple touchdowns. It doesn't matter what you do. You put three guys on, you put all 11 guys on, and Travis Kelsey's still catching touchdown passes. Yeah, you know it's and, and you're right. When when you're the greatest tight end in the league and one of the greatest of all time, of course you never. There's never a formula to stop them. If there was, people would have figured it out by now. The main difference with that is I'm not worried about really any other weapon that Kansas City has other than Tyreek Hill. On the flip side of the ball, when you have to think about uh, you know matching up against Tyreek Hill, you have to keep in mind the Jalen Waddles of the league, the or, or of the team, the. The Raheem Mostert. So I, I just think Miami has more dangerous weapons that make it even harder to contain Tyreek Hill. Whereas really, I think the Miami, Miami's main focus is just making sure you don't get killed by Travis Hills. Who is who is Kansas City's number one wide receiver right now? I mean, I feel like you can pick one out of a hat and it's all about the same uh, level of production. I mean... I know I've seen Sky Moore get into the end zone this season. Um, and he couldn't catch a cold in Alaska. Yeah. So all the pass he dropped last week, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kid Rice, I think he's probably been uh, the, the most, the, the best of the bunch. But um, you know, it looks like that's who you were thinking of. Yeah, Rasheed Rice, the young second-rounder from SMU. Yeah. Again, you know, he's got some talent. He's a nice, young, young, talented receiver. But, you know, he's not Jalen Model. It's, it, it's, not, it's not someone that, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable putting a, uh, a more veteran Xavier uh, Howard on, um, you know, on someone like that. And honestly, if I'm the Miami Dolphins defense, if I'm Vic Fangio, I'm putting Jalen Ramsey on, on Travis Kelsey the whole game. Whole game. I don't I don't like that idea. I love that idea. And I'll tell you why. In 2018, the Jags put Jalen Ramsey on Rob Gronkowski. And Jalen Ramsey actually played Gronk really well that game. Now, Gronk and Kelsey are different players. Gronk's more of a power player. Mm-hmm. Kelsey can just do, 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 do. But Ramsey's big enough to handle Kelsey. Maybe you put Ramsey and then put a safety over the top and just say, you are not beating me. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, Javon Holland, he's a bit more of a, of a ball hawk. I think he's uh, kind of going to play the, uh, the field general role where, you know, you're not just going to stick a player like Javon Holland in one spot and tell him to, tell him to hope nothing gets past you, but... He's he's more of a playmaker than that, but you know it's it's still at the very least an option that you can have in the back of your mind where 
you just glue Jalen Ramsey there and, and you, uh, you know, have everyone else, else has to, you know, cover their responsibilities and, and do their job. But, you know, if all the pieces get together, I think there's a game plan in place to beat the Chiefs. I'm not worried. Uh, as I've, I've mentioned it in the, in the couple of weeks previously, you know, I'm expecting to win this game on Sunday. The Chiefs are 6-2. and two, The Dolphins are 6-2. and two. I think the Dolphins have looked better than the Chiefs have this season. Um, and, you know, I, I – and the biggest point, and this is something that I had – I had brought up to you at the uh, before we started recording, but I didn't tell you what it was. The biggest turning point, in my opinion, in this football game, the Miami Dolphins got to Frankfurt on Monday. Their beat reporters have have been tweeting that they are still the beat reporters are still not over the jet lag. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't getting to Germany until Thursday. They're coming in a Thursday night, having a fr- or, or it's either Thursday or Friday. They're coming in. I think it might actually be Friday. They're coming in. They're going straight to practice from the airport, going, getting some sleep, and trying and, and having as little time in Germany before the game as possible. That just makes no sense to me. I mean, the Dolphins have been there since Monday. They've been getting more accustomed to the time change. They're getting. They're trying to beat off that that jet lag. They're more accustomed to the environment, to the weather, to everything. It's a team bonding moment to where they've been. You know, with 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 really nowhere else to go since Monday, they've only been around each other. I, to me, that is a massive advantage. It's something that hasn't been talked about enough. And you know, I'm really curious why Kansas City made the decision to to, to not uh, arrive until later in the week. But I think it's something that could really limit them uh, come Sunday morning. And as a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and seemingly we play in London every year, you know why the Jacksonville Jaguars? beat the Buffalo Bills in week five. What's that? One team played in London two straight weeks. Yeah. And the other team arrived in the middle of that week. And I'm telling you, I think there's something to getting sort of that fuzzy feeling out when you fly, when you fly cross continental from America, the Europe, and vice versa. I mean, I've never flown Europe. I mean, what what's the longest flight you've ever taken? Yeah, actually, I just a couple months ago, I flew from from Munich, Germany, to uh, to Canada, and then from Canada to America. So I've got a question. How I've got a question. How how long of a flight was that? Oh gosh, from from Germany to Toronto, I believe it was a. Seven hours, and how? And I bet you you felt a little lightheaded, a little jet lag, right? Absolutely, and I had to work the next day. Fortunately, my body was prepared to wake up earlier, so I had no problem waking up the next day. But um, that's going from uh, from going ahead of time and back. So you know when you you know when you when your body thinks it's seven p.m. and it's actually midnight, that can really that can really mess with you. And I think another aspect to it as well is. Last week, the Chiefs were were up in up in Mile High playing at Denver. The Miami Dolphins had the comfort of a home game last week. So not only have the Chiefs been traveling, uh, you know, from Denver back home, uh, you know, for their football game last weekend, the Dolphins have, had been home all of last weekend and uh, and the week leading up preparing for the game. Now that they're gonna, now they're already in Germany, they're already used to it. It's I think it's a big aspect, and I, honestly, I think it very well could be the turning point of that. Football. And plus, Patrick Mahomes didn't feel well last week. Now, I don't expect 
I mean, we've all seen guys not play well and not feel well and play well. Well, I don't think that was the reason why Mahomes didn't play well last week. It was just that Denver's used to playing Mahomes and Kelsey Plus. Sometimes you're not going to play well. You, your team found that out week four and week seven. My team found that out. The Houston Texans kicked all sorry butts every year. Yeah. Hey, the, the Texans have had our number as well. I'm pretty sure the Texans' first ever franchise victory was against the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened. I remember being at Beefo Brady's, at least for a very early game in the Texans' franchise history, and uh, we definitely took an L that day. But I bet you sat David Call a few times. Uh, we probably did. <laughs> Jason Taylor probably sat him a time too. Probably right. So, um, obviously, this is going to be, I mean, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, we, you know who we should spend time on? The quarterbacks, because Pat Mahomes against Tua. Obviously, Pat Mahomes, two MVPs, two Super Bowls, but can Tua raise his game and beat the game's best quarterback? Yeah, I mean... Yes, to be honest. I mean, the, the Dolphin Tua holds, I believe, I mean, I know he's number one in passing yards in the NFL. Uh, as far as passing touchdowns go, I mean, the Dolphins seem to have every offensive, uh, you know, stat in, in, you know, in the league at, at, as we stand at the moment. So, you know, obviously it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, you don't take, you don't take your team to consecutive championship games, uh, over and over and over and over and over again, unless you're the best quarterback in the league. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes isn't the best quarterback in the league, but um, can't, does Tua have the ability to uh, to overpass him, at least in this football game? And and for this season, I mean, he's done it so far this season. Tua has looked better than Patrick Mahomes has this season, and uh, I fully expect him to be able to show it again on Sunday. I mean, yes, you can say he's got Tyreek Hill, he's got Travis, or he's got um, Jalen Waddle, and you know that helps his cause, but you don't see uh, Tyreek Hill slowing up for deep balls anymore. You don't see Jalen Waddle having to to turn turn back and catch a football. They're le- they're perfect spot on passes. Tua deserves all the credit in the world. And uh, you know, it's am I saying that Tua is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? No. Am I saying that uh, you know he's underrated and he deserves more credit than he's getting? Absolutely. And am I saying that he has the ability to beat Patrick Mahomes in a head to head battle on Sunday morning? I sure do. How many quarter? I want you to be completely objective with this. How many quarterbacks would you take over two right now, physically? I mean, if you put him in a vacuum and you take away any receivers, you take away any offensive playbooks, you take away any game planning, and you're just going on physical ability. I mean, he's he's definitely top. I mean, I I don't put him any lower than top seven. Um, you know, if he if if he could if he could get into the top five, that might be a bit of a of, of a of a tall task. I think someone somewhere maybe. Wait. So who? Wait. So who do you take over Mahomes? Over to take Mahomes. Take Josh Allen. I take. Burrow. I don't take Justin Herbert. I would. 
Lamar's a tough one. Um, Lamar's the MVP this year. I guess you got to give it to Lamar um, because he's been proving it over in the air, and and the weapon he has with his legs is something that's 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 hard to stop. I mean, that's 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 right about where I'm where I'm putting to it. To be completely honest with you. I mean, the, the accuracy is is something that you just don't see. It, it's something. Wait, that, wait a minute. You would take you would take two. Wait, you're missing at least three or four guys on your list. Jalen Hurts just beat two or two weeks ago. Yeah, but because he can quarterback sneak it, like I, that's that's not what I'm really hey, looking hey, for. Hey, hasn't outlawed the touch punch yet. Right, but you know, I'm not taking a quarterback because he can pick up a fourth and one every time. Like I'm picking a I'm picking a quarterback because he can put it on a dime on the run. Did you see that pass he threw against Justin Herbert and the, and the Chargers week one? On the run on an absolute dime. You know what you know what they say. I mean quarter, some quarterbacks the Chargers couldn't the Chargers couldn't stop a nosebleed in that game. You and I it doesn't both matter know. because the pass the passing was so perfect. You you've heard I'm sure you've heard the quote. Some quarterbacks can hit a house. Some quarterbacks can hit a door. Some quarterbacks can hit a doorknob. Tua Tungavailoa can hit the keyhole. I mean the it's the the awareness, the timing, the 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 accuracy. It's that's everything you're looking for in a quarterback. I don't care if you can't run the ball. If you're getting the ball out in two seconds, putting it to where only your receiver can catch it, and you know, there everyone's talking about the yak. He's got the he's got the best deep ball accuracy statistics in the NFL. It's it's accuracy is the name. If you're not accurate as a quarterback, what are you? You're nothing. It's 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 the most important stat for quarterbacks, other than I guess durability, which we've seen that he that you know, obviously we've had concerns about that in the past, but if we're just ranking it on where he stands today, there's no injury concerns when it comes to Tua. I think I think people are undervaluing accuracy as uh, as a measurement to a, to a quarterback's talent, and uh, you know I think Tua Tagovailoa is the best quarterback in the NFL when it comes to accuracy, and you know I, I think putting him outside of the top ten is complete and utter disrespect. Putting him outside the top seven is a question mark as well, and that's unbiased. And wait, and there's a wait. Come back here. My 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 Roomba's going on. And there's another guy you didn't put on your list. He's on, he's just up the road from you. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean. Wait, what? Wait, what happened when Tua played Josh Allen the Bills? I know, I know, I know. We lost to the Bills and the Eagles. Trust me. And I, what I happened? Know. And then the very next week, what happened when Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen met in? Met at Tottenham. Jaguars won. It's a team football game, is it not? It's a team football game, is it not? Wait, so wait, wait. You just admit that Tre- that Josh Allen's better than two, but yet Trevor beat Josh Allen. Yeah, but that's come on, Dylan. You're better than that. It's it, it's like playing the college football game that. That 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 fairly Dickinson football is better than Alabama because they beat this team who beat this team who beat this team. I mean, you can find you there's there's a website for that, and you can you can make any team better than any team based on who they beat. You know that has. That, uh, I'm I'm looking at yeah yeah. If you played EA Sports 2014 all over again, I mean, 
you're not wrong there. I, I'm just I'm looking at tang intangibles. I'm looking at accuracy. I'm looking at you know throw power, which I too obviously doesn't lack. He's the most you know, accurate deep ball quarterback in the NFL this season. It's it's. I mean, the hate on Tua, I don't really know where it comes from. He's one of the most likable guys personality-wise in the NFL. He's one of the most humble quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's not like he's just a jerk who's uh, talking me, 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 me every time he goes up to the to the podium. Like, his, his personality is top tier. Um, you know, his, his his play is admirable. His his story is admirable. Like, I, I don't understand where the Tua hate comes from, but all I know is what I'm seeing and I see an offense with uh, that is number one in, in almost every statistical category, and that doesn't happen with a subpar quarterback. I don't care who your receivers are. I don't care what your system is. You are not number one statistically in every offensive category without a top-tier elite quarterback. Uh, how good is your memory? It's pretty terrible if it, if it has anything to do with uh, Tua hate. No, no, no. Actually, it's not too hate. Are we moving on? All right, good. Do you remember the last time the Chiefs and Dolphins got together? I do. Um, I definitely believe it was a couple years back. It might have been Tua's rookie year, I believe, 2020. 2020, December of 2020 at Hot Rock Stadium. Maybe, maybe the Chiefs' second home, right? Yeah. Honestly, with all the Super Bowls. Kansas City won 33 to 27. But two are through the ball for 316 yards, two touchdowns. And by the way, do you know who Miami's leading receiver was that afternoon? It was LeBron James. And before you question that, Lynn Bowden Jr. Or LBJ wore the number six jersey for Miami Dolphins. Uh, actually, I think at that time that was before he changed his jersey number, but uh, he did eventually change his number to six. And uh, you know, having LBJ six in Miami was uh, was a bit of a flashback. But it was Lynn Bowden Jr. who uh, was the leading receiver in that football game. Yeah, and you know, and uh, I remember that game. Patton Holmes threw three picks, which hardly ever happens. Oh wait, didn't that wait? How many did Mahomes throw last week? I don't know. Was it three? Did he throw three last week? I think that's more than he usually throws for against the Broncos. But remember, Kelsey, Kelsey Tyree Kill both scoring the touchdown. I think uh, Nico Hardman. I, uh, I remember Jerome Baker broke the uh, – might have broke the NFL record, I think, for longest sack in NFL history. Was that the one 26-yard sack or whatever it was? Yeah, it was, I know it was Jerome Baker who, who sacked Mahomes. It was either the longest sack in NFL history or it was the longest sack that season. I can't remember which one it was, but it was like 26 yards or something. It was crazy, right? No, that, and that game is a testament as well because obviously in, in Tua's rookie year, um, you know, there was uh, – you know, he didn't start the league as a, you know, as, as a, or we didn't start the season with two as starter and uh, kind of th Brian Flores kind of threw him into the Wolves. And, yeah, uh, I mean, the two was first start against the LA Rams, I think yeah. it was. And that was the game where I'm like, I wanted to play Miami's defense. And I'm like, and I think two threw a touchdown pass and that's all he did in that game. And I'm like, that, 
just get the Dolphins defense on the field because staff because the Rams don't have a prayer in this game. I'm pretty sure Tua fumbled his first snap in that game. I'm pretty sure first down for the Dolphins' first snap of that game was it was a bobble. It was a was a messed up snap, and uh, we ended up fumbling that play, if I remember right. But um, yeah, it sure it sure shows how times have changed, and now. Tyreek Hill's on the Dolphins. Trap Pat Mom's Kelsey are still connected, are still going. All Jim Water, all these guys, di- different coach from Miami. So just shows how different times. Absolutely. Uh, do you think the game in Germany is a help or is a is a help because Kansas City's not playing this game at Arrowhead A? OB, do you think the game in Germany hurts because it's a weird 9.30 kickoff and this isn't a 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or primetime game? I mean, I think from the Dolphins' perspective, I'm kind of going to echo something I said at the top of the show. Um, you know, I I think because of the travel arrangement or arrangements, this setup helps the Dolphins. I think but that's not something I could have predicted three, four weeks ago. But, you know, where we stand today, a couple of days before kickoff, uh, it's something I can say, you know, I it's, it's tough because, you know, Arrowhead's definitely a difficult place to play. I think that game was in the country. There's a good chance, um, you know, we could have potentially had that flex, flex to prime, or that might have been a, if that game was in Kansas City, it probably would have been prime time either way, whether it was. Monday night, Sunday night, you know, whatever they wanted to, wherever they wanted to put it. It definitely would be better than Jets Raiders next week. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it helps the Dolphins. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill playing in front of Arrowhead, it would have given him a little bit of extra fire. But I think being in front of uh, of the Chiefs fans would have hurt more overall. Uh, so I, I do think it's an advantage. You take away the home field advantage for the Chiefs and, you know, whether or not it helps Miami with home field advantage, it at least deters the Chiefs. And because of the travel arrangements, I, I do think it actually gives the Dolphins a slight edge. I think the line's, what, at one and a half Kansas City at this point? Oh. Is that what it is, I think? Which I was surprised. Honestly, I thought the Dolphins should be favored. But, yeah, one and a half Kansas City. I guess it's technically a home game for them. So, uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I know we've uh, pretty much been previewing this game. Unfortunately, uh, you've got a week off, Dylan, where, uh, you know, wait, Travis Etienne. Wait, 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 there's one more question, Mike. Oh, what's the last question? Oh, I didn't even see it. How long ago did you message me that? Okay. Um, I want to know, Dylan, uh, to, uh, to get a little bit more of your opinion here. I want to know the keys to the game. What do you see? What do you see making the difference between the Chiefs and the Dolphins this Sunday morning in Germany? Um, one, which team gets over the jet lag problem faster? Because seemingly one team's always ready to play for these London slash Germany games. Two, who can establish the running game, get the establish a line of scrimmage, get pressure on the other team, and then three. Which big stall or stall pass catchers make plays? Does Tyreek Hill break a long run? Does Jalen Water break a long run? Or does Travis Kelsey be, 
go 12 for 180 again. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's definitely good points. I'm a little, I'm, you know, it's it's worrisome. Travis Kelsey, we've been beat by tight ends in the past. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski, when he's not playing defense, um, you know, definitely gave us some problems. But I, I see your hand raised. Um, yeah, yes, Travis Kelsey has killed us for years. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I definitely think, uh, you know, this is the first season we've had a big fan jail. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's got a couple – um, a couple plays drawn up and, and a couple face, of, uh, face Mahomes. What's that? Face Mahomes in the AFC West. Yeah, exactly. I know he was also a uh, consultant for Philly. Uh, that didn't, that didn't so go well. That didn't go too well, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, it's going to be tough to call. You know, obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I do think I have some valid points on why I think Miami should be able to pull it off, but. You know, it's it's really good. Like you said, it's going to come down to which star shows up the most and uh, who's more ready to play on a uh, on a Sunday morning in Germany. You know, in Miami, once this game is simple, it's going to be weapons, weapons, and weapons. And you know what the Chiefs don't necessarily have outside Travis Kelsey? Weapons. So, Alex, uh, I hope you get your beauty sleep because uh, 9.30 kickoff on Sunday. Remember, set your class back. So, you, so we'll all get an extra hour of sleep this weekend. Perfect. Weekend. And uh, maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe the uh, celebrating will begin a bit earlier than usual. Or, or maybe the hurting will begin a bit earlier than usual. Yeah, let's definitely uh, let's definitely hope for the celebrating. I'm excited for it. Should be uh, should be a great game. I'm, you know, it's one of the most exciting games on our schedule. I've been looking forward to this season. So uh, definitely can't wait for it, and hopefully go into a, into the bye with a with a W. But uh, you know what it is. It's up, baby.